Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And I know, I know I lit a fire under some of you guys last week. I know that last week was really probably a little out there for a lot of you guys because I had so many messages coming through, some in praise, some in uh, confusion, <laughs> and some in outright discomfort, I would say. A lot of discomfort, a lot of triggers that last week's podcast initiated in you guys. And I love that. I got to tell you, I love that because... That's really what it's all about. You see, brothers, that's what it's all about. The life, the, the triggers, the, the reason we're here is to, is to see that. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Because today we're going to start our year-long relationship series. Now, what I say that, what I mean is we're going to talk about relationships in 2024. It's not really going to be a full-on series where, you know, this is part one, part two, part three. But the focus is going to be relationships. And there's really no other relationship than the relationship with yourself. All other relationships that we have, whether they're with other people, our families, our friends, our coworkers, or, or even, our, even our enemies, um, whether it's relationship with things, right? The things that we have, things that we would say are, are, are ours, right? Like ownership, like our homes and our cars and our I don't know, plates, pots, pans, whatever, dishes. I mean, it's anything, right? It's like the tables, the chairs, the televisions, like all of that stuff. Whether it's relationship with nature, relationship with trees, with plants, with animals, with rocks, with the weather. Even it's relationship with abstractions, like last week's podcast, like relationship with money, like relationship with time, like relationship with distance, how we measure distance. All the abstractions, all of it really begins with our relationship with ourself. I'm going to talk just a little bit about that today. But before I get into that, brothers, I want you guys to know that to communicate with one another, even if we know each other very, very well, is always extremely difficult. And I've mentioned this before, but I want to prelude this podcast. I want to kind of start this podcast episode by saying this again, because I may use words that may have to you a significant difference from from the way I interpret them, right? This is the telephone game that we all play with each other. You know, we think, you know, that telephone game where you do with like our kids and they do at birthday parties or whatever, you know, you have five people in a row and you whisper something into somebody's ear and then they whisper in the next person's ear and then they whisper in the next person's ear and you want to see how, how much it changes from the original context, from the original content to, 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 the, to the final content. All right, to see if the, the people at the very end of the telephone game are hearing what the people at the beginning or the person at the beginning of the telephone game originally whispered. And it's always different. Doesn't matter if it's five people, doesn't matter if it's 20 people. Sometimes it can be three people. It's always different. But you know what? With two people, it's different because my intention, my thoughts, my perception, the way I see things, no matter how I choose to communicate them, no matter what words, which are symbols, right? And no matter how great my vocabulary may be or how limited it may be, 
I'm always going to communicate through words, through symbols, which are then going to reach you, going to reach your mind through a filter, through the filter of your conditioning, your perceptions. And understanding, like true understanding comes and only can come when you and I meet on the same level at the same time, the same energetic vibration. And that happens only when there is a real affection, when there's real intimacy between people, right? Now, it can be between husband and wife. It can be between intimate friends. But that is real communication. Instantaneous understanding comes when we meet on the same level at the same time through that same frequency of vibration. Because if your frequency is different than my frequency, it doesn't matter what I say. And I know you guys know this. I know you guys have experienced this in your own life with people. Sometimes even the, mo the most intimate people in your lives. It may be your girlfriend, maybe your wife, maybe your children, might be your family members, where because there's a difference in frequency, because your frequency may be a triggered frequency, it might be anger, it might be frustration, it might be irritation, and their frequency might be fear, it might be uh, worry, might be doubt. And because you're angry and they're afraid, what you're saying to them is just not coming across. Or even if you're calm and they're frustrated, right? Even if you're trying to teach, if, you're, if you want to share a message and you're in a state of calm, you're in a state of peace, but their frequency is agitation. Their frequency is anger. And you want to get something across, it's not going to come across because that frequency is not met. They're only going to receive what it is you're saying, even if it's coming across as wisdom. Even if it's coming across through a peaceful, calm vibration, they're not going to receive because their receiving is filtered by the frequency that they're in and vice versa. Because we are oftentimes on the other side of that, right? We're often on the, other, on the side of being triggered ourselves. So it's very difficult to commune with one another easily, effectively, and with definitive action. Again, brothers, like I use, I try to use words. <laughs> I don't always use words, but I try to use words that are simple, you know, very, very simple, you know, not technical words, because I don't think that any technical type of expression is going to help us solve our, our mind work, our, our, our quote unquote problems in our life. You know, speaking with, 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 with a vast vocabulary, using big words with lots and lots of syllables in them. You know, whether they're psychological words, whether they're scientific words, whether they're religious words, whether they're spiritual words, they're not really going to help. <laughs> they're not going to help if we're not on the same frequency, if we're not in that same energy. And that's why I've said before, like, try not to listen to the words. I know your mind wants to listen to the words. Words are a way to sort of dance with the intellect, right? We kind of dance with the mind. That's what words do. Words stimulate and dance with the mind. But true communication is energetic. True communication is through a vibrational frequency. And I'm not, and I go, I know this probably sounds all spiritual and strange, right? But I know you guys have experienced this on your own. You guys have experienced this all in your own lives. That sometimes the words don't quite come across, but the energy of the communication, the energy of the presence, whatever you're, whatever you're experiencing in that moment, that's really what's coming through. And so there's an art to listening. To be able to really listen 
You've got to abandon. You've got to put aside all prejudices, all conditioning, right? All even daily activities, even like worries of the future. Because when you're in a receptive state of mind, then things can be easily understood. When your mind is passive, when your mind is sort of not asleep, <laughs> not asleep because then you don't hear anything at all, but just kind of passive, just kind of allowing the words to flow through so that the energetic transmission can be picked up. But unfortunately, most of us listen through a screen of resistance. Most of us listen through a screen of our own judgments, prejudices, conditioning. And they can be all kinds of different things, right? It can be psychological, scientific, they can be spiritual, they can be worries, desires, fears, doubts. But always through this screen, always through this filter is how we're listening. And so we're not really listening. <laughs> we're not really listening to the other person. We're just listening to our own noise, to our own sound, to our own energy, to our own frequency. And it's extremely difficult to put aside that conditioning, to put aside those prejudices, to put aside those resistances, and reach beyond the verbal expression to listen to what we understand instantaneously, which is the energetic transmission. And that's going to always be one of our difficulties in communication as human beings until we learn to pacify the mind, which is what I've been talking to you guys about for years, which is mind, mind, mind mastery, mind management. You know, the mind is a horrible master, but it is a beautiful servant, right? And that's what, that's what cognitive mastery is all about. It's pacifying the mind. It's calming the mind. It's allowing the mind to be a passenger on the road of life so that you the true you, the alpha you, can reach into the experience of what it means to be a human being through a vibrational receptiveness. So if anything that I say, which becomes, becomes triggering to you, right? If you oppose what is being said because of your conditioning, because of your belief, I, I offer that you just listen, right? Just listen and allow the words, allow the sounds to just dance through the intellect and move that energy through the mind rather than attaching to it and engaging with it through resistance. Because you know what? You might be right and I might be wrong, right? Everything I say might be wrong. Everything you think might be right. But by listening and by considering together, we're going to Go deeper into what is the truth. Because brothers, truth cannot be given to you by somebody. Truth is not something outside of you. It's not something that exists in the dreamscape. It doesn't exist in the, in the, what, what we say, what we call the world, right? Truth is within you. You have to discover it. You have to remember it. It's always been there. It's not something that you're <laughs> finding, searching for. I mean, you may be searching for, but you're searching to remember. It's not lost. And therefore, what is lost need not be found. It's there, right inside of you. But to discover it, there has to be a certain state of mind in which there's direct perception. And that state of mind is a peace. It's a calmness. It's a quietness. And there is no direct perception when there is an active mind, when there is a resisting mind, when there's a protected mind, when there's a, a mind that wants to safeguard, that wants to, wants to recluse, that wants to withdraw into itself. 
into its own protection, into its own ideas, into its own conditioning. Understanding comes through being aware of what is. To know exactly what is, the real, the actual, without interpretations, without condemning or justifying, right? With no judgment. That's where we begin to experience our own inner wisdom. And when we begin to interpret, (laughs) when we begin to translate something through that filter of our conditioning, according to our prejudices, our likes, our dislikes, all the subjectivity, then we begin to miss the truth. The truth is right there within us, but we miss it because we are triggered by our program or triggered by our past. You know, it's like, it's like doing research. It's like doing inner research of the self. To know what something is, what it is exactly, requires research. You can't translate it according to your likes and dislikes, according to your subjectivity, according to your moods. If we can look, if we can observe, if we can just listen with a quiet awareness of what is, then we'll realize that there is no problems, or at least that the problem that we thought existed has been solved. (laughs) And to extrapolate that out, we find that there was no problem to begin with. And that's what all of this is about. All of this is about truth. Now, brothers, if we get into relationships, and we say relationships are always a projection from the inner to the outer, that the outer is our experience of the inner and that how we experience the outer is the way we manage the inner or the way we perceive the inner, then we'll finally realize very clearly that there is only one relationship and that's the relationship with ourself. Now that can sometimes come across to people as a very selfish thing to say, that the only relationship that matters is the relationship with me, and that therefore, I need to do what I think is right, that I need to do what I think is best, that I need to do, I need to live for myself, that I need to kind of let go of and abandon all of this selfless acts, stop caring about other people, stop caring about the world, stop caring about the environment, stop caring about anything outside of me because what the only thing that really matters is what's going on within me. And to that, I respond with unity. I respond with oneness. Because even though the outer is a reflection of the inner and the outer experience is a projection of the inner experience, the outer is the same as the inner. (laughs) There actually is no separation. The illusion of separation is a part of why we get into the idea that there's a problem, that there's a me and there's a them. There's an I and there's a you. Everything is one. Your environment is you. And there we have the dream analogy, to go back to the dream analogy. Remember that, brothers, is to say that it is you, the inner you, the inner consciousness that is dreaming the outer landscape, and that there cannot be an outer landscape without the dreamer. So to abandon fully the outer landscape, for, for any reason, 
for any reason, even if it is to say, I want to grow, I want to be better, I want to achieve enlightenment, I want to achieve cosmic or Christ consciousness, whatever it is, even to say that, you know, I want to, I want to serve, I want to remember, all, all of these things, I want to heal, to become a withdrawal, to become a recluse, to become someone who is removing himself from the environment is an expression of your inner mindset. It's still still an expression of your desire to become what you already are. It's still keeping you in a space that says, I am not yet. I must do more to be or to become. And so we come back to the relationship with self. It's still a relationship with self. Even if that relationship with self is to say, I'm going to serve, I'm going to remember, I'm going to be selfless, that's still a relationship with self, to be with and serve others. Because it's all you. Everything is you, you as the dreamer. Now, I know on this podcast, the message (laughs) has used a lot of terminology that is very specific to a certain community. And what I mean by that is the alpha-beta terminology. And I've mentioned to you, brothers, in the past that there may even be a time when, and this time may be approaching, when I step out of this community, not to change the message, but simply to change the audience by which I market to. And what I'm really saying is that there can be and has been a misunderstanding between the path and the destination. And I've been talking a lot about the destination lately. Lately, I've been talking a lot about the destination because I've spent many years talking about the path. The path is a path. It is not the path. There are many paths to the destination. (laughs) There are many, many paths, brothers. I tried to describe many of them to you. In fact, I've tried to describe many of them to you, even given the same context in the same episode. But the destination is pretty much the same. The destination that we're all moving towards, whether or not we're conscious of it, whether or not we are doing it on purpose, whether or not we're doing it by choice, whether or not we're doing it through benevolent or malevolent action, (laughs) malevolent, malevolent actions, the destination remains the same because the destination is inevitable. It's undeniable. It is unavoidable. We can stray from the path, but we can never really stray from the destination. We can arrive at the destination more effectively, more efficiently, when we do certain things. And we can stray from that path, that destination, 
when we do other things. But recognize here that the destination itself, where we're all ending up, is always going to be the same. So I've been talking a lot about that. And I know I'm, in some ways, preaching to the choir, right? I understand that there is definitely a certain type of brother, a certain type of human that is listening to this podcast and sister as well. Look, I know that there's women that listen to this podcast, right? I know because I've received some emails from some of you sisters out there, some of you goddesses out there, because we are all divinities. We are all divine beings of light, souls come down to experience incarnation, whatever that means to you, right? Different different stories have different words, but they all have the same meaning. They all have the same intention, which is that we are here. We've come here as beings of light, as beings of love to experience the human experience to have to have a, a, an experience of of a form of matter of density of 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 hardness right think about that think about that i'm i'm i mean i'm sitting in a chair <laughs> i'm sitting in a chair i'm recording this podcast using a a phone and using a, a headset, which is, you know, strapped to my head. This headset is, is is connected to my ears and there's a microphone in front of my mouth. And all of these things have an illusion of hardness. They all have an illusion of, of matter, which is, which is an illusion to say the least, that matter itself is mostly empty space. But energy vibrating in very small spaces creates this phenomena of hardness. And even though we know this is an illusion, we don't really know it on a moment-to-moment basis because we're a part of it. We go along in the illusion pretending it's real. And that is a part of our relationship. That is a part of the point. That is the relationship we have with the world. And if we live too deeply into that form, if we live too deeply in the idea that it is real, then we become very lost to our formless. We begin to lose our formless truth. But the opposite is, is also true. If, if we live too much in the formless, if we live too much in the energetic truth of who we are, we can become very detached from the world. We can come, become very detached from form, which, which detaches us from each other detaches us from relationship with each other, with things. So it really becomes a, a balance of duality. It becomes a balance of, of non-duality. It becomes a balance where we recognize the duality as an illusion, and yet we, we engage with it. We play with it. We enjoy it. We enjoy it as a way that we've said, this is what I've chosen. I've chosen this experience. And look at it. And look at it for what it is. Look at it for, I want to say, I want to say a game, right? I want to say that it's a game. But at the same time, I don't want to deprecate it, right? I don't want it to, I don't want to, to be too condescending with it because it is a miracle. You know, it is a beautiful, 
uh, perfection that's unfolding. It's all like from moment to moment. It's a gift. Be grateful for every breath we take, but to know that the breath itself is a part of the exchange of energy and in it in and of itself is a part of the illusion. Because there's no separation between our body and the air around us. It's all one. It's all a unity. The same way that we breathe in our dreams. I don't know about you guys, but I can fly in my dreams. I can breathe underwater in my dreams, right? And so I go into the dreamscape. I fall asleep in the bed. I go into the dreamscape and I can breathe underwater. I can fly. And for for me, (laughs) I don't know if this resonates with you guys, but for me, it's through the breath that I increase altitude and decrease altitude. I don't know if you guys experience this at all. In order for me to fly in my dreams, I have to breathe. I take a deep breath in and I go up. I breathe out and I kind of glide and descend. And right before I hit the ground, right before I get too low, I just take another breath in and I rise again. I go back up into the air. So it's not the wings like a bird that creates flight. It's the breath. But in that dreamscape, is there any separation between my breathing and my body? Is there any separation between my body and the dreamscape itself? Of course not, because it's all one image projected through my mind. And the waking life is exactly the same. The waking life is one three-dimensional hologram projected by the mind. The air that I breathe in is no different, no separate. than my body or the hardness, the rocks, the plants, the trees, the cars, the buildings, the fences around me. So what is the relationship with self then? The relationship with self is the relationship with thought. It's the relationship with mind, and we begin there, brothers. You know, we begin there. And now I'm coming back to to path, coming back to the path. Like I said, I've talked about the destination. Why do we manage the mind? Why do we work with cognitive mastery? Why do we work with emotional ownership? Why would anybody choose to enroll in the Academy for Consciousness Expansion, the academy that I offer? Why would anybody do that? What's the point? The point is, it is an... It is a way. It is a way. It is not the way. It is a way. And if it is a way that resonates with you, then it will be a way, a very efficient, a very effective way for you to get to your destination. And what is the destination? The destination is consciousness, pure consciousness. To remember. To remember what? To remember love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, generosity, to remember faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because this is our truth. This is who we are. But that's the destination. And we're all moving there. (laughs) If you remember the karmic clock episodes, we're all moving there where some of us 
are at two o'clock. Some of us are at four o'clock. Some of us are at 6.30. Some of us are at nine o'clock. Some of us are at 11.30. We're about ready to, to finish up. But there's many, many paths. And every one of the paths is saying the same thing. It's, it's so fascinating. As, see, because being in the alpha male community, I, I don't hear this stuff. Right? This is what's wild. I want you guys to know this. If you guys are following the alpha male community, we don't really hear about mind management so much. What we hear about is, well, <laughs> we hear about a lot of different things. And like I say, there's a lot of different stuff out there when it comes to this word, this connotation. That's why this word is, I may be stepping away from this community generally because in other realms, in other communities, there is other ways, but all the ways are the same. You see, I'm a spiritual guide. And as I look at spiritual practices, spiritual communities, spiritual paths, they all say the same thing. It's all the same way. It's all the same path. It may be different paths. So again, I don't want to confuse you guys. It's all the same destination, but different paths. Now, of course, some of these paths will tell you that their path is the only path, <laughs> the correct path, the right path. But that's a misinterpretation of the followers. The path itself is still valid, but sometimes the followers of those paths can become righteous, become righteous in their own, in their own conditioning, in their own prejudices, in their own egos. I have not seen a path, a truly spiritual path, that isn't guiding people, that isn't leading people to the same destination. I have seen paths that are leading people off the path. <laughs> They're leading people away from the destination. And that's okay too. That just means, hey, if you take up one of those paths, you're going to just take a little bit longer to get there. That's all right. And nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we got to deviate, right? We got to deviate because we got we to gotta check in. We got to check out to check back in, right? And that's the relationship with self. The relationship with self is the relationship with our own programming, brothers. It's a relationship with our own conditioning. It's a relationship with our own prejudices, our own thoughts, our own righteousness. You know, righteousness is not what I would call a good thing. In fact, I would say that righteousness is probably one of the most difficult barriers <clears throat> created by the ego for the soul to break down. Righteousness, by definition, is moral rightness. It is, I'm right. It's my conditioning is right. And to extrapolate that, <laughs> your conditioning is wrong. That my psychological, that my scientific, that my religious views are right. That righteousness is very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. As righteousness will lead people down a path of not just obscurity, but complete obliteration. I can use war as an example. You know, to, to go to war over resources is one thing. To go to war with a country or with a nation or with a people 
because you want to ex- you want to extort their resources, whether it be their their minerals, their their water, right? Their 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 women, even. You know, this is a just war. And no wars are just, understand, but at least it's a war that's understandable because you're not going to completely obliterate that those people, that nation. Because if you completely obliterate that that nation and those people, then you obliterate the women and, and the resources as well. But to conduct a war through righteousness, to conduct a war through moral righteousness, it gives your mind, it gives your ego, it gives your conditioning the, the moral fortitude to do whatever it takes to wipe these people off the face of the planet. And that's, that's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous mentality to have. So we want to watch that as well, which is why I say to you guys over and over, like, it's not about right. It's not about wrong. It's about the stories. It's about what's coming through you. To listen. Not to listen to, oh, Kevin's right. I agree with everything he says. And not to listen to, oh, Kevin's crazy. Kevin's wrong. You know, he's, he's insane. Because those are the judgments. Those are the opinions. If you attach to those, then you're holding on. You're just holding on. You're clinging, as the Buddha would say. You're clinging. You're clinging to mind. But to watch these thoughts, to watch these thoughts come through you and recognize them for what they are, stories. Stories that interpret the world as you see it. Because you don't see the world the way it is, brother. You see the world the way you are. And this is the, this, is, this is the lesson for all of us. If I were to sum up the one lesson that we're all going through, it's true that we all have different shades of this lesson. Some of these shades are of, in greed. Some of these shades are in lust. Some of these shades are in anger. Some of these shades are in sloth. Some of these shades are in inactivity. But the one lesson that we're all dealing with is the lesson of filter, is the lesson of conditioning, is the lesson of perception, is the lesson that our perception is simply a filter. It's a barrier for us remembering the truth, for us discovering what is within us. Because through the filter, by looking at the filter, we can get to the center of the truth. We can find it. Again, it's not lost. It's just covered up. It's covered up by all the programming. By layers and layers of conditioning. By layers and layers of trauma. The conditioning and trauma are... Trauma is a, a very... It's a subset of conditioning. Abstractions in general are conditioning. But trauma is a very specific type of conditioning. We start to build up walls of protection around our vibration, around our frequency. So we really don't even, we can't even really hear ourselves anymore. We can only hear the trauma. We can only hear the, the voices in our head that tell us this is right or this is wrong, that this is better, this is worse, this is good, this is bad. 
And that is the relationship with yourself. And that's how you will see the world. You'll see it through a filter of right and wrong. You'll see it through a filter of good and bad. And, and it's all projection. That's the, that's the thing that's so interesting. That's how obvious you can see it. You can see it so obviously when you see the world through an objective perspective. If your conditioning is to be in your, your sacral center, if we're talking about the, the chakras, for example, if your conditioning is to be in your sacral center, that's the sacral vortex, sacral uh, seal, whatever, I mean, it depends on what, what you guys want to call it. it the, the sexual seal, right? The seal of feelings, of I feel then you're going to see the world a certain way. You're going to see the world based on who's attractive. You know, it's the sexual seal. So we're going to see, what are we going to see? We're going to see the women out there. They're attractive. We're going to see the men out there that are threats to ourselves, right? And when I say threats, I mean sexual threats. I mean the men who we think are are, are better looking than us or, or, or more successful than us or or... or in some way, are, are, are a threat to us being with that attractive woman. And then everything else becomes irrelevant. You know, if a woman's not attractive or if a man's not a threat to us, if we think that, you know, I'm a, I'm a seven and he's a five, he's irrelevant. And if we look at a woman and we say, well, she's an eight, the years perk up, like, oh, okay, there's, a, there's an attractive woman. But if we see a woman that's a four or a five, we're like, we just don't care. <laughs> it's just completely irrelevant. And that's if our energy is in our sacral center, if it's in the sacral seal. But that's not the way the world is. The world isn't running around with a bunch of fives and sixes and sevens and eights and nines in, in terms of men or women, in terms of women that are attractive or not attractive, in terms of men that are threats or not threats. That's not the way the world is. That's the way you are. That's the way your energy, your vibration is affecting your dreamscape. That's the relationship with yourself. And again, I'm not judging that. I'm not condemning that. I'm not saying that anything's right or wrong about that. I'm saying that's the way it is for you. That's the game you're playing. You know, it's, no, it's not wrong to play Parcheesi. It's not wrong to play Monopoly. It's not wrong to play Backgammon. It's not wrong to play chess. These are just different games. They're different games that people play. Not one is right or wrong. Not one is better or worse than any other game. They're all just games. It's a game. It's a game you're playing with yourself. And it's just with yourself. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's playing their own game. Now, there may be a lot of people playing the game through the sacral center. There may be a lot of people out there that are working with that sacral seal, with that sacral energy. There's a lot of people working with the root chakra as well. That was the podcast last week. Because the root chakra is all about I have. You know, if you're playing that game, then what do you see? Then you see people that have more than you or have less than you. And the people that have more than you, you become envious of, you become jealous of, you want to figure out how you can have more like them. And the people that have less than you, you become afraid. You don't want to turn out like them. You don't want to lose what you got because then you'll be like them. And a lot of that is around money, the abstraction of money and the idea of possessions. You know, ownership. That's why that, that seal, that chakra, that vortex of energy is, is the, is I have, I have or I have not. And look, brother, you have, like I say, I don't want to go off on a tangent. In fact, I'm going to wrap this up in a little bit here, but you have, we all have. You know, our root chakras, our root seals, if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee your root chakras is doing just fine. Because the real people that are dealing with their root chakra are probably not listening to this podcast. They don't have the time to listen to podcasts. They're so busy trying to survive. 
everything in their energetic organism is saying, survive, 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 survive. You know, they're out there. When is my next meal? Where's my next meal coming from? And where, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Where am I going to sleep tonight? Am I going to sleep outside or inside? If I do sleep outside, am I going to be warm enough? You know, true, true, I have nots, right? Or maybe you're working with the third seal, right? The solar plexus chakra. Which is about power. Which is about status, success. Which is about significance, importance, respect. And then you'll see the world even in, in another way. Right? It'll all be about that. It'll all be about who's in control, who's in power, your control or lack of control, your significance or lack of significance. But that's how we see the world. Look, if even, even it even changes from a moment-to-moment basis because you can drop into your root chakra when you get hungry. When you get hungry, all of a sudden nothing else matters except for food, and then you start looking. Then, then your dreamscape changes. Your dreamscape turns into a, wh- where's the food? What's in the fridge? What's in the restaurants? And, and it, none of it matters anymore. Like power doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter. Connection, love, none of it. We move up the chakras, right? We move up into the heart and so on, move up into the seals, but it doesn't matter. I'm hungry. I'm tired. You start looking for places to eat. You start looking for places to sleep. But that's all the relationship with yourself. And to, be, to, to, to watch it, to watch it on a moment-to-moment basis, this is it. This is the work. Now, this is the path that, I've, that I'm offering you guys. I'm offering you the path of cognitive mastery. I'm offering you the path of mind management. And it is a spiritual path. Let's not, let's, not, let's not blow smoke here, right? Let's not beat around the bush. This is a psychological path. This is a spiritual path. It's even, it's even a, an active path. A path that drives to take action. Because the destination includes generosity. The destination includes self-control. Because to watch the mind, to manage, to observe the mind, to become a master of your mind rather than a slave of it, rather than a servant to it. Means that you are actively experiencing your human existence through your energetic self, through your alpha state, through your your soul, through your spirit. And on the flip side, to be on the flip side of that, if you're moving through your conditioning, through your programming, through your beta condition, then your mind is the master of you. (laughs) Your programming runs the show. And you can't tell the difference between who you are and the way the world is. They're one and the same. You think the world is exactly the way you think it is. And you think that everybody thinks the same way that you do. And if they don't, then they better well should. And that creates divisiveness. That creates anger. That creates resentment, confusion. That creates conflict. And that creates righteousness as well. So let's observe our relationship with ourself first. That is the relationship. And through that relationship, we can then begin to, and only through that relationship begin to, work with our relationship with everything. People, flora, fauna, 
abstractions. Everything. Because everything is us. Everything is you. You are everything. Everything is you. But until you can see that, until you can experience that, that's what we call a mystical experience. Until you have a mystical experience, the first thing that needs to happen is a deconditioning process. Thought downloads. Models of alignment. And to get some guidance on that, brothers, I'm going to say it again. Enroll in the academy. (laughs) I mean, it's very simple, right? It's a path. What are you waiting for? I know you're out there. I know you guys are out there listening to this podcast. What are you waiting for? Enroll in the academy. That's not an order. It's not a directive. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm asking you a question. What are you waiting for? Look, if, it, if, you, if you enroll and you determine that the path, this path is not the right one for you, then you just leave. You know, there's no permanence here. There's no perpetuity here. It's not like I'm asking you to come on board for the rest of your life. I'm saying try us out. See how, you will, see how this work will change your life. See how you will discover the truth within you. I mean, the testimonials are all there. I got guys right now who've enrolled months ago. There's a guy who enrolled less than a month ago (laughs) whose life has changed so much he's teaching this work to his kids. But again, the testimonials are testimonials. You need a personal experience. You need a direct experience. I'll tell you what, do this. If you guys sign up for a consultation call, and I'm offering it on this podcast only. So if you sign up for a consultation call and you mention this podcast, I'll even reduce your first month by 50%. I'll give you a sign-up code. But you got to mention this podcast to get the code. I'll give you a sign-up code for the first month to be reduced to 50%. That's your first month, your first 30 days in the academy for less than 120 bucks. Less than 120 bucks. Your utilities are probably more than 120 bucks a month. Are you ready, brother? Are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to remember who you are? Are you ready to exist as the person you are? You are an alpha, an alpha. Do you hear me? And I'm not talking about the connotation of alpha male that is in the community. That's what I'm saying. That's why there may be a, a, a huge rebranding coming. <laughs> because I say that word and so many people are like, oh, yeah, like alpha, you know, all these grunts and groans and blah, blah, blah. Like I go to the gym and I got lots of women, I got lots of money. Blah, blah. None of that. That's trash. An alpha means that you live through your energetic self, your soul. You live in a vibration of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is your alpha. This is your truth. This is who you are. Are you ready? Are you ready to raise your vibration and live in that heightened state? I look forward to seeing you in the Academy, brothers. And until next week, elevate your Alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha. 
your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at the alpha male coach.com slash unleashed.